Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network, and we're here. We are rounding the turn on the end of season four of Breaking Bad. This is season four, episode eleven, Crawl Space. Um, a very, very memorable episode. This one, um, which I can't wait to get into. So much good stuff on this one. Um, things just feel like they're just getting better and better each week, which is fantastic to be in that position. Can't wait to talk about this one. Um, and I suppose I should give you. I'm so excited. I can't. I've forgotten to give you all the, the important details like who directed it, which was Scott Winant, um, written by Sam Catlin, George Mastress, um, first appeared on screens on September the 25th, 2011. So I've done all the official stuff now. Now I can get into the fun stuff, which is um, which is the quotes. Um, my name is Nick and uh, I smoke, I drink, I uh, puff, puff, puff. And my name is Ben, and if you stuff up the beginning of this episode one more time, this becomes a much simpler matter. I will kill your wife, I will kill your son, I will kill your infant doggos. <laughs> I was going to say, you had to change the quote because I don't have any of those things, but I do have doggos, so uh, yeah, that, uh, that's definitely one we can... Kind of was we just going to uh, end with the doggos there, but I you know, <laughs> didn't want to actually threaten other yeah. people, but, you know, had to go there. It's all in good fun, and I mean, yeah, what a what a great episode to um to be talking about it. It feels like we only just started, and now we're into like one of the great episodes of Breaking Bad. I think. Yeah, I I think I said to you last week uh, how when I did my speed rewatch, I messaged you during this one, going like, "Holy crap, this is a good episode." And that that's in oh, that was ages ago, probably a couple of months. I don't even know. Time time's weird at the moment, but um, yeah, and I can't believe we're here to talk about it because, yeah, this episode is just epic. I mean, it just, it flies by so quickly. There's, like we've said so often this season, that there's no bad about this episode. I mean, like literally nothing bad about this episode at all. Like this is just everything in this episode is amazing. There's two incredibly iconic scenes in this episode that uh, to me surely are locks for the top five. Um, you know, Ted hits his head, which is brilliant. Um, I mean, there's just so much stuff in this episode, which is great. And yeah, it's, it's hard to believe that we're just, we're here. Like it just, did we not just start recapping this show, Nick? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, ben might have seen me scrabbling around because I was looking for my fantastic little, you know, Breaking Bad 101 book that I've got here because there's a great quote about this episode, um, which is basically that it just says, like, this episode is a fiasco for virtually everyone involved, which I think is, like, just such a good way of describing it. Like, yeah, it just, like, everyone's world kind of crumbling in different ways. And, um, yeah, it's, it's great to just see all these kind of, you know, plot threads all just kind of coming together now. Yeah, no, it, it is. And it's sort of... It's really like amping it up to what we're going to get at the end of the season. And, I mean, you know, we've constantly said about how good these episodes are in this season and there's, there's just no bad, essentially, kind of going forward here. And, 
you know, after what ended last week and just, I mean, I'd just say right now, and I mean, I'll, I'll say this when we get to the scene, but like, I mean, to me, maybe one of the greatest scenes, acting scenes and just anything I've ever seen in any television show was in this episode. It just, it, it, it it's it, to the point where it like, it gives you cheer. It almost makes you emotional, just how freaking amazing this one scene. It's not even an emotional scene, but like, you know, if you want to talk about Brian Cranston as an actor, I want to see how amazing this man is just like, yeah, one scene in this episode just sells you of just everything about him. So yeah, I mean, God, if, if this scene, if this episode was fly with one scene at the end of it that we're talking about, this still would probably be one of the greatest episodes of Breaking Bad. <laughs> it's that good. Uh, and that's just based on one scene and there's just so much good about this episode. So I'm I'm very excited to talk about it. And I think what's great about that is that, like, yeah, there is, like, just scene after scene that's like that, right? So, yeah, it's um, definitely a great one. I think we should just get into it because there's, there's so much good stuff here. And it starts with, like, we pick up exactly where we left off um, at the end of the last episode um, of Salud, you know, where we've kind of got all these um, these medical, these doctors and whatnot, all in this kind of makeshift kind of tent in a, in a you know, like a warehouse and, and kind of, you know, you hear the car, the horn beeping and, and in comes Jesse. Um, and, you know, immediately these doctors all grab Gus and, and carry him off and, and meanwhile, he's kind of like, you know, Jesse's left to kind of drag Mike into the into this tent. Um, and Mike's like, you know, dripping copiously um, with blood everywhere. And, um, you know, kind of that that great line where he kind of says, oh, you know, is anyone going to help this guy? And, and and they basically said, this is the man who's paying our bills, you know, paying our salary. So we're going to look after him as a, you know, as a priority, which is just like a great kind of way to start this episode. Um, but, yeah, I do love that it kind of just absolutely picks up where we left off, which is not always the case on the show. So it's, uh, I really enjoy that. It's kind of like a, a really great cold open, I think. Which I absolutely love the the meticulous nature of Gus, which we're going to see in just a moment, that he's like literally planned for there to be a hospital ready for him to go should something happen. And basically this is what's happening. And we're going to see just how much he plans, you know, shortly when it comes to just like blood being on hand and just these doctrines. What is it? Like a little tent in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so good. And like, of course, Gus is going to organize something like this, but yeah, like I, I just kind of love like Jesse just like screaming like, Hey, Hey, Hey. And yeah, like just, just that line of like, this man pays our salary. Like fair enough. I, I do really want to know how Mike survives this. <laughs> I'm like, cause I mean, well, I'm guessing Gus maybe isn't that bad, but, um, yeah, like it's, 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 it's interesting and it's, yeah, it's a great way. But why is Jesse beeping his horn? Is he just like getting attention? Like I'm coming, like, you know, we need help or something like that. But I do have to question why he parks a bit far away from these doctors. He could park probably about another, you know, 10 meters closer to them. Just uh, one slight little, uh, complaint there, but it's a, it's a great start. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, we then kind of move into you know we've got Walt and Tyrus in the um in the lab and and um and Tyrus I think like at the end of the season I think we've just got to give like just a big honourable mention for like just for not doing very much he's just like the scary asshole looking guy like I just think he just plays that role so well um and yeah and we kind of see Walt like um I, I was a little bit confused about this I did actually have to get the gist of it from from Breaking Bad wiki but basically they're kind of like you know Walt's kind of cooking a batch and and Tyrus is there and and he wants to know what's going on with with jesse and and you know and what's going to be done about hank and um and you know and then what kind of weighs the meth and kind of weighs it to and he kind of like adds like was it like a few a few grams or yeah something like that onto the um 
Yeah, which which is his attempt to kind of make it seem like Tyrus is trying to skim some off the top, which I, I personally I don't think is particularly well explained in the episode. It's not a big deal, but it does feel like it's a bit of a, a drop kind of line. Um, so yeah, just kind of, kind of a weird one. Um, we then kind of go into you know the next bit where, where Walt's kind of you know they're, they're, he's back with with Hank on the stakeout um, outside the uh, the chicken farm, um, and you know kind of like Hank's kind of. Um, you know, they're kind of going on and Hank drops the line that he's heard about a big, um, you know, a, a big kind of cartel shootout that's happened in Mexico. And obviously this is, this is worrying to Walt because he thinks that it might be Jesse and, um, and, and he's worried about this. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and Hank also kind of asks about, well, how did he get injured? And he talks about, you know, that it, it came from gambling and, and, you know, like if you, Hank's kind of saying, if you need my help, I'm the guy that can help you. And, you know, which is ironic given what's actually going on for, for Walt. So yeah, a good couple of kind of, I think these are the most the kind of like set up functional scenes of this episode, but even they're good. Yeah, I, I mean you're right. Like they're just they're kind of these are maybe the most nothing scenes of the episode, but they are good. Um, I mean, I, I I agree with you completely that we need to sort of give Tyrus props because I mean, I'm sure if you added all his lines up that he has in his entire run on Breaking Bad, he might say like twelve words. Like he would yeah. say less than Vincent ever says. Um, but like it just—he's got such a presence. You're right. Like he's—he's he's almost got like resting bitch face. Um, but it's like resting, like don't mess with me, bitch face. Just because he's—he's mm. just got this stage, just got this look about him, and he's kind of cool leather jacket. And like, I think we sort of mentioned before, he's kind of like that bouncer at a club. That like, you don't have to look at a bouncer sometimes to go, okay, fuck, like no, all right, I I will go put the right shoes on, your Majesty. Like it's kind of you know I will do what you say. Uh, he's just he's just one of those guys. Um, and yeah, I didn't I didn't imply that at all. I didn't think that was a thing about kind of Walt's assuming that he's will trying to get him to skim stuff off the top. I just thought it was just Walt being a bit lazy or something like that, you know, and kind of just a bit tired or just he wants to get out of there quicker. So I yeah, I never connected the dots of that. That's interesting to kind of see that that's what apparently is happening. But um, yeah, I do like that line. Uh, is it is it here that Hank says it or is it later on when he says that line about Kojak? He says something on the lines of like, you know, oh, you, you lose your hair and go on a couple of stakeouts. Now you're Kojak. I think that's later on, yeah. isn't it, when he's going on the drive. But I do kind yeah, of like yeah. Hank and Walt. But um, yeah, like Walt kind of basically just getting frustrated. Like I'm getting sick of having to explain myself, you know, like mm. it's kind of like I do like what like I've talked so much about Jesse this season, how I really like the de- development of him. But like I guess with Walt kind of, you know, almost helpless Walt so much and what we're going to get to in the last few episodes. And I kind of I almost like helpless, frustrated Walt, uh, mm. mixed with scared Walt, um, and just like again, it kind of comes to that crescendo in the final scene of this episode, which is everything kind of lets out of him. So I just I like this little Brian Cranston moment here when he's just like basically just like shut the fuck up. I'm I'm sick of talking about this. Just like watch your chicken farm. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I kind of like that moment. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think it's good, and it, you know like that whole thing of like you know we've still got that going all the way back to episode one where kind of like Hank just doesn't really you know doesn't really give Walt the credit he's he thinks he's due and so there's kind of like this this kind of power imbalance which is still ongoing here um which is which is really interesting um I, I love this next scene where we kind of get you know Jesse's kind of there and, and we see that they have turned their attention to Mike here and, and you know he's getting patched up and um and he's doing okay and, and Jesse's kind of amazed that you know 
that they ha- they had the right blood type for him, and they also had the right blood type for Jesse, and they had all his you know his details about what he's allergic to, and you know his whole health history and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we find out that Jesse's 25. If, if, if uh, that wasn't made clear on the show elsewhere, that we know that now, but uh, um, but yeah, and 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 basically like this hot, they've all been they've been super prepared for what was happening. This was a plan that they've had since the beginning, um, and and then kind of Gus comes out and Gus is doing okay and um, and basically they said you know Mike's going to have to stay there for a week so um, they're going to hit the road and and um, and send for Mike once he's better so kind of Gus and Jesse are going to leave and um, and you know it's going to be a six mile walk because they you know there's lots of good ways to get into Mexico but only one way to get out um, and that's by walking and then they're going to meet somebody at the border um, who's going to drive them the rest of the way so um, yeah and, and this is where Gus kind of says as well you know that basically like to GCI, you did well, um, and you know, like you're ready to take over on your own. And um, basically, Jesse's like, well, if the implication there is that, you know, uh, you know, I won't do it if you kill Walt. Basically, you know, like you're going to have to handle it in a different way. Otherwise, you can count me out. Which I think is just great for the story, right? Just kind of like just really builds that bit of tension. And and um, yeah, I think it just kind of sets us up for for you know the rest of the episode, really. Yeah, I I love as I was saying before, just the meticulous nature that Gus has done to plan this out. Like, I mean, literally having a hospital and doctors ready to go. Like, it's just it's just incredible. Like, I mean, who thinks of that? Clearly Gus does. Um, and I really like the doctor here, and I'm just seeing here that he's he, he's in Better Call Saul as well, as the same guy. I, I mean, it shows how much I clearly remember and know uh, Better Call Saul, that he obviously makes an appearance in that. I'm just trying to see here if he makes multiple appearances or if maybe he's just a... He seems to be a, a very much a... Oh, no, he's in at least three episodes of Better Call Saul. There you go. He's a very much a voice actor, J.B. Blanc, I'm seeing here. But he looks familiar. Like, I, I swear I've seen him other things, but maybe Better Call Saul is clicking in the mind. But, um, yeah, like, I just... I love kind of this bit where Jesse sort of, you know, says, like, how the hell do you know all that? And they're just kind of like, you know kind of just has that implication straight away of like, oh, you know, like, oh, of course he's planned for that. Just, do you know your blood type? Because I don't know my blood type. Like, I swear I'm screwed if all of a sudden, like, I need blood and I'm, like, <laughs> lost on an island of Oceanic Flight, you know, 316 or something like that. Do you know your blood type? Yeah, well, I think I used to try and donate fairly regularly, but um, you're not supposed to do it if you've had, I think, like dental surgery, and um, I have pretty bad teeth, so I'm constantly getting fillings and stuff like that, and so I just I don't donate as much as I probably should. Um, but yeah, I I do know it because I I have donated, um, you know, in, in the past. So yeah, I'm scared. I think I'm, I think I'm. Oh, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm 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 actually really good with that kind of stuff, like needles well, and all that kind of thing. It's not that. It's that my mum gave blood once and she, like, passed out and then yep. basically had to call an ambulance. So that to me was like, oh, no, nah, I'm scared. I don't want to give blood. <laughs> but I think, like, it all came down to my mum was a diabetic. So I think it, a lot of that was that she hadn't really done well on a, you know, blood sugars that day. But still, like, I just kind of hear that. I'm like, okay, maybe not. But um, anyway, I, I like, I kind of like this moment between Gus and the doctor, kind of just this little, like, hug moment. And then... Mm. Yeah, like, because we don't see Mike, do we, till next season now? Yeah, this we? is it. Like, yeah, this is it. This this is, is yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I do like this little kind of scene with Gus and, like, yeah, the, the, the mention of, like, there are a lot of, you know, easy ways to get into Mexico, but there's only one way over the border. But, yeah, just, like, the moment kind of when, yeah, he's implying about Jesse's it 
and then sort of the way he kind of stops and is like, you know, well, we're going to have a problem, and then just you know, like I, I want, I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to a whole episode of watching these two walk for six miles. What sort of conversation they've had, um, <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, what do you think they talk about at one point? Like, did you watch the game last week? Um, like, I don't kind of, think, I don't know about that, but um, yeah, I mean, it gets to an awkward start. Do you think they're just walking in silence for six miles, basically, from that point onwards? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's um. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think um, I think that the two of them actually have surprisingly good chemistry considering they haven't mm. been in a whole lot of scenes together. Um, I agree. But that, I think that probably just speaks to, you know, how good the actors are that we're dealing with here on this show. Which it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because, it again, it's kind of that dynamic. It's sort of, you know, Gus was so against Jesse and didn't want him, you know, anything mm. to do with it. Now it's kind of the complete opposite. Now he just wants to get rid of Walt so quickly. So... It's come really, really sort of quickly around that way, hasn't it? But yeah, I agree with you. Like they've actually got really good chemistry, and um, it's. I mean, we probably only get what like six scenes between the two of them, five mm-hmm. scenes across the the entire show, which is interesting. It, it, it's sort of going back to um, uh, Gretchen and that, right? Like we feel that there's more, but there's actually not. So yeah, yeah it's it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we kind of move on to Skylar gets home. She gets a voice message that she hears um, from Ted. Basically, said he's thought about the, what you know their last conversation, and um, he he can't do it, so he's not going to use that money as intended. Um, and so Skylar's going to go pay him a visit. We get a nice little kind of um, you know like reference as he kind of goes to to greet her at the door that he kind of like trips on the rug, which is obviously going to come up later on in the episode, which I love. Just like it's really kind of blatant nod forward to what's going to happen, um, and you know. And and then basically we kind of hear you know like um, Ted you know is going to give her a check for the full amount and and um, you know she's quick to kind of note that obviously with the with, you know the lack of the car in there as well um, and you know he obviously thinks it's a, it's a, you know like gambling money and he doesn't feel comfortable with that is what he's saying there um, and you know and she kind of goes on about you know if they investigate him they're going to investigate her and find things out and and all that kind of stuff um, but you know she obviously can't be entirely honest about about why he has to do this um and and yeah and and then he kind of makes an insinuation that it's not even enough to do what he needs to do which you know kind of comes across as blackmail to her which she's not very happy about as you can probably understand um and you know yeah he, he basically says oh well, that's it and she and so she leaves and and um places a call to Saul where she gets out of the car so, uh, gets into the car so that's going to set us up for for what happens to, to Ted next which I, I'm with you. I love the little moment where he trips on the the rug. Like I always forget about that, but it's actually quite funny. But um, God, Ted's a dumb fuck. But like, it's it's you kind of weirdly like in a way. Like I don't ever, I don't ever get the feeling he's blackmailing Skylar. Like I legitimately don't think that he's blackmailing. He's just too Skylar dumb. There. He's just dumb. And like he's dumb, but you can kind of understand it because like yeah, he pays that off. But then what's he meant to do? Right? Like he's going to have to declare bankruptcy. So I get in a weird way where he's coming from, but he's also stupidly fucking dumb because the way he's just kind of like, oh, I'm not going to go to jail. No one's going to get... Like, I mean, if this is me and I would never, I'd like to think, have to owe the government $617,000, like, pay that first and then worry about the other stuff after because would you rather, like, have to deal with those personal things and, and rely on other things or go to jail? Um, so, like, he's just, yeah, dumb. But, I mean, at the same time, like, this is where we can enjoy the Ted storyline, right? Because he's just coming across as such a dumb schmuck. Um, so, yeah. And is this the bit when, like, I love I love Skylar. I love, I love Anna Gunn. Just love her so much. Like, I love her when she's, like, yelling at him, like, sign the check. And what is Ted's like, oh, whatever happened to us? Like, in the middle of her, like, yelling at you? Like, you dickhead. 
trip on the rug sooner. But um, yeah, I do, I do like her getting in the car. Like again, I've said it a few weeks ago. I think like basically her turning into Saul, which I love. Like I just, I just love Skylar so much with what she's, what she's got going right now, and even what goes into next season. So, um, yeah, hashtag Team Skylar still all the way. And who would have thought even like, you know, a season ago that she would be calling Saul to, to sort out her problems? You know, it's, um, mm. yeah, it, it, it's really good. So, no, I, I love this and it, it's, it's great setup for where we go next. And I think we can appreciate it because we've hated the Ted storyline so much. So, you know, seeing it kind of unravel for him, you know, like we can enjoy watching Ted be a dickhead. We feel better about <laughs> things, I think. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think that that helps. Um, we kind of, we head over to uh, the rest home next. Um, so, obviously, we were seeing Hector here and this is where, um, you know, Gus comes in and, and tells him what's happened, you know, that basically Don Eladio is dead and at his hand and he's killed all of them and he lists off all the Dons, the many Dons that there are um, and then um, finally makes the point here that um, that his grandson, which I'm, I think, I'm not sure if we alluded to that last week or not, we but, did, um, yeah. Jo- Joaquin, his grandson, um, who was the last of the Salamanca line, killed. Was, was killed. And this is where he says, oh, I'll show you the, the man that killed him. And this is where Jesse kind of comes into into frame. Um, and, you know, and obviously um, Hector recognises him. Um, and so he's the one that, you know, so basically your your line is going to end with you, which is, um, yeah, I think is, is, you know, a really kind of um, – you know, impactful moment for the show and, and for Hector and um, yeah, definitely something we're going to be talking about in a couple of episodes of time, I think. Um, and um, yeah, and then he kind of finishes it by saying, you know, will, you know, will you look at me now? Will you look at me now? And, and Hector still refuses to do so. This is this kind of ongoing kind of um, moment in this, this story beat that we've got that Hector won't look him in the eye. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's a great little follow-up from the last episode. And um, apparently the bridge on the River Kwai is playing in the background, which yep. is an important scene. I, I haven't seen that film. All I know about it is that Obi-Wan Kenobi's in it. So um, well, I was going to say, did you not recognise Alec Guinness in that yeah, scene? When yeah, he's like, what yeah. have I done? Like, come on, yeah. you've got to see that's Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the only, that's the only reason I know that movie exists, if I'm being totally honest. So, um, yeah. Did he win an Oscar for that, Alec Guinness? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 I um, think I but- saw it years ago. I'm pretty sure I've seen that movie. Um, but, yeah, I mean, great, great little scene, this one. I really, really enjoy it. I, I just love the way Mark McGollis has that whole, like, when he gets so angry and he does that whole, like, yeah, thing, yeah. like, with his, you know, just the way he kind of gets to that point. Um, just so good. And, yes, Alec Guinness did win an act. Won seven Academy Awards, uh, the bridge on the oh, River Kwai. Wow. So uh, that's got to be up there as uh, one of the best, including best picture. So there you go. Um, but, yeah, like, I... That's why I love Gus so much. Like, and like, I'm still team Gus. Like just, you know, I think he's got every right here. Like, okay, let me back up. Okay. One, one friend of his died and he's kind of wiped out like his entire family. So you might argue a little bit too much, but I mean, again, I'm, I'm probably that guy. Like, you know, Nick, if you killed Natalie Portman, I'd probably kill all your family. So, you know, don't kill Natalie Portman. Um, it's just the way I work mentally in my head, but, um, I love it. Like, it's so good. And like, yeah, the whole look at me, will you look at me, Hector? Like, it's it's something that obviously really plays into 
when he eventually does look at him. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Mm. But I, yeah, I even like the kind of the moment there that when he sort of like points out Jesse and Jesse's there kind of standing there looking like, oh, what, me? And like he kind of even looks behind him at one point mm. like, what, you talking about me? Um, yeah. So, you, kind of but feel, just, you kind of feel yeah. a little bit for him, don't you? You feel like he kind of gets gets dragged into this against his will, um, which is a bit unfortunate for Jesse. Um, well, it, it but, helps. Yeah. Like it obviously helps with what we've got for the rest of the season, right? So like, I mean, mm. Jesse kind of – He's going to get a bit manipulated for the rest of the season, of course. But, um, yeah, just there's something so good about it. And, you know, like this is where, like, you know, with Gus, it's sort of like, okay, maybe gone a little bit too far. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I'm still on board with Gus here. Like, I mean, you know, he's villain. He's a bit of a prick. But, you know, um, he's just he's getting what he ultimately thinks is revenge. So, you know, go go Gus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um all right, so we move on to our, our next scene, which is basically we're you know back in the car with the the buddy cop thing with Walt and Hank, and um, they're driving around, and, and Walt thinks they're back off to the chicken farm for another day of sitting around, not much going on, um, and this is where Hank surprises him and says, "Oh yeah, take a turn here. We're going to go and and look at this place, which is obviously the the laundry, which um, you know obviously sets Walt off into a bit of a panic about what you know what exactly is going on here, and um, and this is where you know Hank talks about you know that he's making these connections between you know the laundry and um, you know Gus and um, I think he mentions Gail and 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 is it Madrigal, which is going to be a big name mm. in season five, um, and you know like you know it's a, that an industrial laundry is a great place to have a meth lab, um, and basically he says, "I oh, hear it is take you know pull in here," um, and um, and what kind of feigns? Oh, I'm not quite sure. Was, was that what you meant? And like, oh, you missed it. You missed it. And he says, "Oh," and and so and basically um, Walt then puts him into a car crash. He basically turns into <laughs> a car and they, and they have a car crash which is um which is pretty crazy you know like this is the length that he will go to in order to um you know to, to cover his tracks here which is pretty scary and um you know the next scene is obviously at, at um at hank's place and and you know hank's in a neck brace and eating his um frozen yogurt um and um and yeah and then we kind of see you know kind of walt has got all these you know additional wounds which he's going to kind of carry for the rest of the season basically um and you know hank says oh that you know he's been a burden on everybody and he's got himself a gimp mobile which is the you know the car with the with the hand controls so um good old politically correct hank um and and yeah and i mean this is obviously not good news for walt you know but yeah i mean just just a, a, a great few scenes this is one of those ones that for whatever whatever reason i always remembered it you know like the whole you know just about to close in on the laundry um you know it just stuck in my head um from the first time i watched it really I always like how you kind of have a scene like this because sometimes you play a whole like car crash thing and then you're like, that's the cliffhanger. Let's come back next week, see what's happening. Was it Nip Tuck did that, didn't they? When, um, when Christian and Annie were in the car and they got crashed and they were running away from the paparazzi. I think that was the mid season, season five one. When oh, yeah, that's Sean right. ultimately gets stabbed at the end, right? So, um, yeah. yeah. So, like, I, I kind of like it when you just kind of have it in the middle. Oh, Annie, let's bring her up more often. Um, but, like, <laughs> um, she had a baby. Yeah, what's her face? Uh, Kelsey, um, uh, whatever Bella her name is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. She had a baby. Congratulations, Kelsey. Um, Congratulations. Oh, look, I always say I had like two brief exchanges of messages with her. So, you know, sadly, not on the Oz Network yet, but I never give up, right? Um, but, yeah, like I kind of like the fact that you just have this crash and then, you know, they don't make a big thing. But, again, like it's just it's it's just Hank, right? He's so close. He's there. He's got it. He just you just can't quite get there. But I, I love Brian Cranston, just these panic look and just his whole like way he kind of like plays this off and then I love it when they're like he's in hospital and I love it like well god oh the guy came out of nowhere and Hank's like yeah no he mm. didn't 
Uh, <laughs> you turn in there, Mr. Magoo, or whatever he calls him. But, um, yeah, I like, I just, I mean, this could be a played so much more dramatic than it is. I just love how they quickly gel over. And I, I love this frozen yogurt debate, which I love frozen yogurt. I haven't had frozen yogurt in a long time. But, um, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it tastes exactly the same as ice cream. It's pretty similar, right? I mean, do, are you a froyo man, Nick? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, uh, there was definitely like a time when that was like the frozen yogurt bar was like a thing, right? Mm. Like everybody was mm-hmm. and that seems to have kind of passed us by maybe. I don't know, but I, I yeah. feel like I haven't seen one for a while now. It's, I mean, I just love the size of these cups. It's very American how big those cups are. They probably just went yeah, to yeah. smalls basically. But um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I, there's just something amusing to me about Hank in a neck brace. There's just something about anyone in a neck brace, which is kind of funny. I don't know what it is. I've never had a neck brace, I don't think. But uh, I'll probably say that now. I've jinxed myself. I'll be in one tomorrow. But um, it just reminds me of um, over on 007, download now when we talk about uh, Quantum of Solace, when you've got Elvis the henchman in the final scene with green in that hotel and he's just you can't take it seriously when you've got a henchman walking around in a neck brace um so yeah uh i kind of just point out one random thing i noticed like when skylar obviously i'm jumping out here when skylar's taking this phone call but can i just say i love hank and marie's living room not only all the purple but they've got an awesome bookshelf with some um, like i want that giant bookshelf in my living room that is awesome i've what my dream is to have a house one day with a giant fucking bookshelf like that so uh there you go, living up to goals and all the purple. But, uh, yeah, and this is the Kojak. This is where he said something about Kojak, right? So I've written on my notes about Kojak. So I don't, what is Kojak? Who is Kojak? He's a he's like a detective. There's like a TV show, Kojak. It's um, before my time, certainly not something I've right. watched. Um, but, yeah, quite a fa- he's bald, isn't he? Like um, Kojak's is a bald. Okay. <laughs> I think he eats a lollipop too. Like I think <laughs> the lo- lollipop's like his oh, thing. Oh, it's Telly Savalas. Wow, there's your Bond connection. I've looked it up here. Kojak's American tri- crime drama starring Telly Savalas, Blofeld himself. Uh, New York City Police Department Detective Lieutenant Theo Kojak. Uh, wow, it was ranked the uh, Kojak was ranked the 18th greatest TV character of all time in the TV Guide 50 greatest TV characters of all time list. So there you go. Oh. What do we know? We don't. We don't even know who he is, and he's one of the the greatest of all time. Telly Savalas, what a man. Where, where would you rank Telly Savalas on your list of Blofelds, Nick? Um, um, uh, which which one was he? He was on a Majesty's Secret Service blade. Oh, I hated him. Hated him. I hated him. Don't like. Movie. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Better yeah, than Diamonds Are my... Forever, Charles Grey, though. Come on now, not the gay Blofeld. Look what the cat dragged in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, th- I think I'm. A, I think I'm a bit of a traditionalist. It's like Donald Pleasance or nothing. But um, okay, I, I, I hate. Um, I hate Honor Majesty Secret Service with a passion. Oh, that's um, right. You're not a fan of Honor Majesty yeah. Secret Service. Wow. Yeah. Don't get me. We need to get on. you on Double Seven. We really oh, do. But you also hate Die Another Day. So it's, it's not like you're on the Die Another Day train. It can help me out with that. You're gonna bag. Me I would. I would too. rather watch Die Another Day than Honor Majesty Secret Service. Wow. There's, no, there's, there's no two ways about that. Okay, remind me to bring that up to uh, Colin and, and Noah next time I record with them. There we go. Hate that movie. Um, hate that movie. Why? Why though? What is it that you hate about it? Tangent, but it's I need just, to know. It's, it's, it's just overly long and boring, and like the whole thing of him pretending to be gay, and like I just, <laughs> it's just a stupid. Like really? just, uh, yeah. I mean, I just don't like it. It's it's because like, he's it's, Australian, isn't it, Nick? You're yeah, just yeah, absolutely. jealous. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait until. I'm trying to think who the actor would be. That Carl Luban, he'd be he'd be a good Bond actually. Carl Luban? Yeah, I don't know if I know who that is. Who, who's Carl Luban? Um, he's in um, 
because he was Judge Dredd, wasn't he? Um, oh, but he's, been, he's been in Lord okay. of the Rings and The Boys right. is his big new one at the moment, Billy Butcher. Okay. But um, yeah, yeah. He'd be, I'm, he'd on, I'm be on board bomb. the Henry Cavill train. I don't care if it's kind of he's not going to be Bond, but I, I just think Henry Cavill would be a great Bond. Now, now I've got to look at how old Carl Urban is and, and if he's uh, too, if he's aged out of the role or not now. Um, well, we know it's an interesting one because he's older than Craig. Well, a couple of years younger than Craig, but um, Carl, how do you spell oh, Urban? He's uh, uh, Urban, A-U-B-A-N. Um, oh, right, okay. He's, um, but he's he's 49, so he's probably too old for the role, I'd say. Yeah, I, that's about Craig's age, so yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, well, you can join us on 007 in 2022 when we do our predict the next James Bond <laughs> episode. So I say Nick Chester for James Bond, first New Zealand James Bond. There you go. Oh, yeah, I'd be great. I'd be great at the oh, role. Brew. The name's Bond. Bond Brew. James <laughs> Bond Brew. Sure. Right. I think I think it's my job to get us back on track here, isn't it? Um, yeah. And um, anyway, on Your Majesty's Secret Service sucks. Anyway, moving on. Um, so our next scene's actually really good. I'm um, talking about um, great agents. We've got um, Kubi and, and Huel are going to help us to deal with um, w- with our friend Ted here, who um, they turn up at his house and basically say they're not leaving until he signs. They like, I, I do love this whole thing of like, you know. Basically, I'm gonna. I've got to. I've got to keep Huel happy here. And what's on? You know, are you are you happy right now, Huel? Reasonably. <laughs> Reasonably. <laughs> and basically, they kind of they strong arm Ted into kind of signing this this check. Um, and you know, like yeah, Huel and Kirby are a, a great little team, and um, I think they're kind of like our replacement kind of um, Badger and Skinny Pete at the moment. They're kind of like the comic relief kind of henchman type characters, and yeah, like Huel's really funny. It's basically like you know, you might want to see me when I'm angry type of thing. Um, basically, so they're going to make them sign this check, and and then they're like, oh, now we're just going to sit here and play cards or whatever until you know until the check clears um yeah it's just it's all very intimidating but yeah like incredibly funny too and anyway ted goes and you know like he he he, he signs a check and then decides to make a runner for it and um you know and calling back to the scene from earlier on he he trips on the rug and goes head first into the like the like the kind of kitchen bench basically um mm. and yeah it looks pretty nasty he's kind of like twitching um and um yeah like the oranges kind of fall on him and you just see like his hands twitching and it's like oh this does not look good um and i think this is actually the last time we see ted like you know Normal. this is the last time we'll see him this episode of this this season like this is it for him for for the rest of the season um but yeah it, it, it looks pretty bad for him I fucking love this whole sequence, and not just for the obvious, like Ted getting hurt's kind of fun, but like I just, yeah, I love this kind of like henchman role, and it's just to keep him happy, reasonably. Uh, like I just love the way he says that; it's so deadpan, reasonably. Um, but like even like the, QB, don't forget, this is the A team as well. Like this is what Sauce yeah. is. This is his A team. But I I love it like they when keep like signs the check and then he's like all right we're gonna see you for three days maybe watch some cable unless you've only got basic cable and this is gonna suck uh, <laughs> like the way he kind of does that like Ted like begging like oh my dear friend Skylar this is all a mistake um but yeah like I mean it's even the way he kind of like crashes and it's kind of it's very graphic kind of he hits his head and you see yeah the fingers twitch but I just love the um I love the reaction from like Huel and Cuba they just kind of look. And they kind of look at each other like, um, what the fuck just happened? Um, and then I love like Huel reading traditional home magazine. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, why not? But, oh, it's so funny. Like, I just, I just love just the reaction to everything of it. It's so good. And again, like, I mean, I, 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 even when he says, like, are you happy, Huel? And he has that, like, little nod. He's like, yeah, I'm happy. Um, but, I mean, this is a dumb thing to say because this is not a top five scene. But if this was a season where we had, like, barely anything going on, I would put this up as a potential top five. It's just <laughs> funny. It's just, just, it's just, like, it's such a powerful episode. And this is just how good this episode is. That, like, you know, you remember this for two very big key scenes which we're coming up to. But, like, this is just such a fun scene. And there's another fun scene that follows you straight away, which is just hilarious, which are two scenes I always remember in Breaking Bad. I just, you know, forget that they're all in the one episode, basically. Yeah, I think if um, if reasonably had been a good line, I could have used it at the start. I would have, but it yeah. would have made no sense. Just on its own. We should do a double team. Like, hi, my name is Nick, and Ben, are you happy? And my name is Ben, and reasonably, <laughs> let's close it, Nick. Let's close the episode with that. Well, I mean, he's um like he's a comedian, right? So he's he's good at they both are. Climbing, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's, that's good stuff. So, um, let's kind of move on to some of the more, the more serious stuff, I suppose, which is, um, which is, you know, what at work having to like be carted in and the, and the kind of dirty laundry, which just reminded me of kind of the scene from Austin Powers with, you know, like yeah. when he's in the, 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 <laughs> the hamper with fat bastard and the sumo wrestling. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, he's, he's not, this is the only way he can get in now, which is, you know, is not good. He comes and realizes that somebody else has been, has been cooking, um, in, in the lab. So he's not happy about that. And, um, so he goes to play Jesse a visit who's um, Jesse's playing some Sonic the Hedgehog um, what is it with this guy in Sonic um, a good game but, uh, yeah fair enough um, did you like the movie it was alright it was alright it was good it was great I loved it yeah it was um, it was you know you got what you paid for didn't you really it was yeah, um, yeah. Jim Carrey um, is Dr. Robotnik what, what else can you not want Brilliant. that was actually pretty good yeah I did enjoy that um is he Dr. Eggman or Dr. Robotnik? I can't it's, uh, well, it's both. So, in, like, in the games and the comics, he's referred to as, as both. So, right. um, Robotnik is the, you know, his proper name, but he's also referred to as Eggman. So, right, yeah. right. Okay, anyway. Um, so, yeah, um, and, and basically this is where kind of Walt turns up at, uh, at Jesse's house and, and kind of wants to have a chat with him and, and, um, and you know, and basically says, you know, don't cook on your own, um, that, you know, basically that – you know, if, if Walt if Walt is, is deemed not necessary, he'll end up being killed. Um, and and Jesse just is basically just like, don't come here, don't want you here, type of thing. Um, and um, and then we kind of, you know, we um, what is it, this, the line? Something said Walt. You know, the last time we had a conversation about this, he's you know, you wish that I'd be dead in a barrel or something like that. Yeah. So you, Jesse's obviously not having any 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 of this really. Um, and then um, basically kind of you know Walt you know Walt kind of turns around and and um, this is where Tyrus kind of appears and, and basically um basically tasers him um and you know that's kind of like that that was the the ad break basically if you're watching this in real time um and then you notice the other thing too is that we've suddenly got the secondary kind of um goon um of gus's i don't think it even gets named um but yeah he just suddenly arrives we've, we've suddenly got a second goon as well as tyrus um but anyway like um basically next thing we see is waltz kind of you know in the middle of the desert with a bag on his head um and this is where kind of um gus turns up and and um and you know 
you know, kind of pulls pulls the bag off and, and delivers this thing basically, which is you know you're done, um, and and you know you kind of you kind of use it as your quote at the, at the top of the episode, um, but yeah, basically just saying that he's fired, um, and you know that you're done here, um, and 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 that's uh, and you know this is where Walt kind of you know figures out that that um, Jesse's obviously refused to let him be killed um and 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 gus kind of says oh you know hank hank's gonna be need need to be dealt with and if what gets in the way of that that's where he will kill him and his entire family you know and and that's where we get that great line that you talked about here it's like it's just this really kind of um you know this is almost like kind of super villain territory here now where we're getting like he's just become this complete nasty piece of work basically he says if you get in the way you know i'll kill you kill your wife kill your child your, your son and your infant daughter you, you know you'll all be dead um and and then basically just gets in his car drives away you see tyrus um with a lot of glee in his eyes gets to uh kind of cut the um the, the ropes that are kind of tying him up and, and they kind of leave him there um so yeah, I mean it's, it's a phenomenal scene. I mean, I, I imagine this is going to be certainly in our conversation when we talk top five. It is just one of the most kind of memorable scenes here. Um, I think you know just the way the lines are delivered, they're really you know really really well delivered, really well written. I think that the location is great. Um, I think that you know a lot of this is delivered kind of from wide you know wide perspective as well. I think which is really good. But you kind of get that power shot, don't you? Where it's you know when he when Gus is delivering those lines, it's from beneath him, which is often to make the you know the bad guy seem bigger than he actually is so yeah i, I think just everything about this is is really really phenomenal oh it's just again this whole episode is just amazing i mean i i fucking love the moment when um tyrus is sneaking walt into the land <laughs> just you mentioned the laundry i just love that line when walt gets up and it's like does the laundry have to be dirty and tyrus kind of looks at him and is like no, <laughs> like just <laughs> walks in. It's so good. Like Tara's been an absolute dick to Walt. I fucking love it. And yeah, kind of like this realization that somebody's been cooking. Um, which again, like just how good this episode is with all the great scenes in it. Like, just I love this confrontation between Jesse and Walt because this is kind of like the first and only ever time that Jesse kind of has the power over Walt. Like, mm. this is, like, I, I don't think we ever get this again, do we? And we've never had it beforehand. Like, Jesse literally is in complete control here. Um, and, you know, this isn't wasn't what, like, was it season two when he's basically saying, like, I know the street business, you've got to listen to me for once. Like, this is fully, like, Jesse is in complete mm. control here. Walt almost just looks like an absolute wimp here, the way he's kind of being pushed around by Jesse. Um, and I just love it. Like, again, any regular season where there's not a million and one scenes that are good, like this to me is like a, a, a nominee just because it's so powerful and so well acted. But again, it's sadly, I don't think we'll make it anywhere near it. But I just kind of, I love the way Jesse is. Yeah, like like last time you came around here, you know, you were talking about burying me in the ground. So just like, fuck off, mate. Um, and then just, I always forget that basically this is what leads into the desert scene. Just, I just love the way Tyrus kind of shows up and just like tasers him. But, I mean, oh, God, this desert scene is like, I mean, people always talk about, you know, say my name and and I'm the one who knocks as, like, iconic scenes. And, like, this is one that I always think of when I think of iconic scenes, just this speech that Gus gives him. And, I, I like, even the way it all begins, like, kind of with the, the hood on his head, and I love the way they edit it. Like, you've almost got that perspective from Walt. Like, you've, you've had your head in a in a bag it's been dark and now it's bright you're in the middle of the desert your eyes are freaking burning and everything along those lines and just even the way walt thinks he's kind of got the upper hand here where it's like well clearly you're not killing me because jesse basically you know has told you you can't but this is yeah like 
way Gus is like, well, I'm going to take care of Hank and then I know how to get to you. If you interfere, I will kill your wife. I will kill your son. And then the I will kill your infant daughter. Like, holy. Like, he could just say, I will kill your son and daughter. But he says your infant daughter. Like, it's just like, holy fucking crap. This guy is just like, you talk about, like, super villain. Like, this is why I think Giancarlo Cesaro should be a freaking Bond villain. I know it's it's cliche. Like, him and, I don't know, Kevin Spacey was allowed to act. Uh, you know, like these cliche people that you think would make a... But, but like, there's a reason for... Like, he would be such a good freaking Bond villain. Like, make him a Bond villain. But, oh, like, it just... It gives me chills. It scares me. And I love this man. Uh, absolutely. This is one of these ones that, like, I earmark for a top five. Like, I will fight for this being a top five. I, I, I still think we've got five guaranteed top five scenes. Um, but, like, I just love this so much. It's so great. It's just one of the best acting performances in an episode where we're going to have an even better acting performance in about five minutes' time. But, wow, it's so powerful. And, like, the one thing I will say, though, that takes away from this scene as them being dickish villains and supervillains, why do they leave Walter Carr? Like, there's three of them. They should all drive off in three cars. Don't leave Walter Carr. You just threatened to kill his whole family. Oh, but we'll leave you a car. You can go back home and live a nice, normal life. That's the one thing I'll complain about it, but it's it's epic. It's so fucking good. Giancarlo Esposito, just take a bow. And, yeah, I mean, that kind of supervillain thing is not something I'm pulling out of the out of the air. You know, it has been mentioned in a few things that I've read that, you know, this is kind of like towards the end here is that Gus becomes like almost like this comic book type villain. You know, like, you know, he just becomes like, you know, like kind of evil, you know, in, in the best possible way. He just becomes like this kind of evil villain. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's really complex because Walt is, is no saint as well and in many ways yeah. is worse than Gus. And I think that's what makes it really, really good. And what well, I do love yeah. that they kind of turn, turn Gus into this kind of like, you know, kind of, you know, cliched kind of villainizer, I suppose you'd say. But I was like, I see it. But at the same time, like, even when we get to the end of this, like, I'm still kind of on Gus's side. I still will argue that Walt is a bigger villain. Like, again, I get it. This guy just threatened to kill his infant daughter. But, like, yeah. I, I don't think Fring probably would. I really don't think he would. I just think he's just, he's, he threatens and just, he kind of does it and then kind of, you know, he goes on that path where he he's kind of, he's capable of going from zero to 100 very, very quickly. Um, but you know, I mean, what Walt is going to do in the next couple of weeks is, is arguably up there with kind of, you know, like Walt and children, it just, yeah. So I don't know, like I, I definitely see it, but I mean, if you really want to see Giancarlo Esposito go on complete cartoonish villain, watch, um, the Mandalorian, <laughs> you can really see it or get Far Cry 5 and, and kind of see him in that. So yeah, this is why he's so good. Giancarlo Esposito for Bond villain in Bond 26. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could definitely go with that. Um, yeah, and and then we kind of move we're into um, into into Saul's office, and we kind of get in the whole thing about you know um, what happened to Ted. You know, we're hearing from Paul and, and Kirby, you know, <laughs> that it was an act of God, and 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 this kind of gets cut off because um, you know Walt kind of rushes in and says that he you know he he's in danger now, and he needs the number of this guy that can make them disappear. And we kind of get some of the math behind this, which is basically that's going to cost you know one hundred twenty five thousand per person because of how how hot Walt is, is you know, as a, as a as a criminal basically, um, and and obviously then Saul's going to take his cut as well, and so you know we're talking a decent chunk of change here, um, and you know like Walt's, um, you know also says to him you know like. Um, 
can you can you can you call the DEA and tell them that um, Hank's life is in danger and I can't do it because I'm basically family. They know my voice. Um, you know, you're going to have to do this. Um, and you know, um, it'd be fair to say that that Saul is not comfortable doing that. Um, but you know. He kind of pleads and says, "That's the one thing I need you to do." Um, then we kind of see Walt kind of like you know um, gets home and, and kind of rips the crawl space up and gets under the house and he's looking for that money that's been buried under there by Skylar a few episodes ago, which we saw. So it's kind of all been planted for us, um, you know, in advance so that we can kind of see that. Um, and um, and you know, like he obviously. Is, doesn't have as much money as he as he was expecting to find down there, and this is where we see kind of Skylar come in, um, and and Walt's kind of asking her, "Where's the money? Oh, we need the money now." Um, and, and you know, there's missing money here, and and this is where you know we just get her. She's just straight up, and like you know, she looks devastated, but she tells him straight up, "You know, I gave it to Ted." I think it's like really good that she just like absolutely just lays it out there straight away, and you kind of just see this like just the kind of reaction of of Brian Cranston, like the acting here and his reaction is just it's incredible it's so so good and he's just like why would you give that money to him like because he doesn't know what's going on so like it's a complete shock to him of like why that money's here and you just seem like then kind of like this kind of primal scream and he's like lying on his back you know in this crawl space and just like absolutely screaming um and you know kind of starts crying basically um and then that kind of crying turns into this kind of maniacal laughter so we kind of talk about comic books this is very kind of joker-esque isn't it where he's kind of like just starts like absolutely just laughing um and just the music here too is just like this kind of thumping, like ding, 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 you know, like it's just really, really good. And um, this is where we all say, you know, while this kind of laughing, screaming by Walter's going on, we kind of get this phone call and this message from Marie that, you know, it's happening again. We've got, you know, another call on 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 Hank's life and, and this is where she picks up the phone um, and, and, you know, gets the information here and, and says that, you know, they'll be there. And, um, and this is where we kind of, you know, cut back to Walt for the final scene and we kind of kind of get a bit reminiscent of that whole you know Jesse drug scene isn't it we kind of like we we see the camera start to pan up as Walt's kind of lying and it kind of pans out of the crawl space and up and up and up and we kind of just see Walt just lying there he stopped crying and laughing now he's just kind of like lying there as the camera kind of pans up and it's just this like really really effective kind of you know like um yeah I've seen it written another place it's kind of like he's in a coffin you know um so yeah just this kind of really effective way to end the episode i think it's just this is one of the best the best scenes i think i've seen in this whole show it's it's phenomenal oh yeah i'll, I'll get to that in a second i i mean i i love kind of the the whole yeah the act of god sort of moment and just i love the way that yeah when walt kind of comes bursting in and you got huel and that kind of like blocking to stop him and he was wearing a security jacket i love how he's got like security <laughs> written on the, the back there but um I mean, like, even this scene between Walt and Sol is brilliant. Like, and again, it mm. kind of gets its, its sandwich in between two epic scenes. And again, you could, any other season, you could almost argue this would be good. But like, because this is the whole man who disappears thing. And it's the, what's the mm. vacuum cleaner thing he's got to get? Like, you need to call for like a Hoover Deluxe Model 712 or something like um, that. So. Yes, I can I can tell you what that is because it is, um, um, I'll be able to find it somewhere, um, but yep. it is an actual an actual vacuum, um, right? That, that you can call for. Um, 
Do you think people um, actually yeah, call vacuum a, stores it's and a, it's a Hoover Max? <laughs> yeah, a Hoover Max Extract Pressure Pro Model 60. Um, so basically, they have to call and ask for that, and that's kind of the code word that they they need um, has helped to be disappeared and and they'll kind of be put into a safe house until such time as you know they can they can be they can be moved off. But it has to be done quickly. That's the big thing I think that's kind of um, reiterated. Yeah, had your bags right? packed, like basically, which yeah. would be funny. Like if you rang up that store and legitimately wanted the Hoover Max, whatever, and they're like, okay, have you got your bags packed now? Like, what are you talking about? I just want a vacuum cleaner. Like, I'm <laughs> like, what, 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 are you, what are you talking about? But because um, I, I kind of, yeah, like, and like just props here to um, Bob Odenkirk. So I just kind of love that desperation he's got. Well, like, I'm not comfortable doing this, you know, like I, I, I can't do it. Like, it's just in an episode which is just, you know, owned by, uh, you know, some great acting, like, you know, props to Bob Odenkirk for kind of doing that. But holy crap, this last scene, like, is just, I mean... This is one of the greatest scenes I think I've ever seen in television. It's just it's just so goddamn like Brian Cranston just owns every single second of it. I really hope that um, you know, him winning an Emmy or a Golden Globe, whatever it was for this season, that this was the episode that got it for him. Because I mean, you know, like I mean, if you want for other ones, I mean, Jesus, there, there would have been no competition for this. But even Anna Gunn, like you're right, like even the way she just kind of flat out tells him, like you know, like I gave it to Ted, not even really any context. Like imagine being in freaking Walt's position here right now, and you hear that, like you mm. gave it to Ted, but just. Just the way he kind of goes for panicking and the screaming and everything and then, like, just when he starts, like, laughing, like, holy crap, yeah. like, it's just insane. And then, like, I love, like, the moment when he starts laughing and then they cut to sort of this look on Skylar's face and the way she just kind of has that little subtle little shake of her head and she's just like, whoa, like, what the hell? Um, Like, just, it's so powerful and you're right, the music and then just, like, the way you hear the phone in the background just adds to it as well and even like when um skylar answers the call from marie and you just hear like walt in the background still with this laughter like she's just got this sense of just like fear and everything on her face and then even the way she kind of controls herself to just be like i'm listening i'm here what's going on like holy shit balls like i'm telling you now like we may potentially have our five already locked in but like number one this season is going to be freaking hard i mean like just this just, oh, I just, I can't even put into words how much I love this whole sequence and how this ends. And again, this scene alone in the worst episode of Breaking Bad would make this a, a you know, a top 10 episode. It's just so goddamn good. And it's literally come after like an amazing scene with Gus, which is so goddamn good. Like it's just, and that the way they kind of zoom out from him and just that deadpan look on his face, it's just... Ah, oh, it's so good. I can't. I just. I wish I could put it better into words. One of the one of the greatest things I've ever watched on any television show. It's just so so epic, so amazing. Yeah, and I think it's just like the full kind of like fruition of who this character is, and like mm-hmm. you know, um, you know what. Things are going to change. Like this is almost like the depth for Walt before he kind of pulls himself together and, and you know starts to formulate a plan, which we you know we're going to get in the next episode. So, um, but you know I do like that we kind of um, yeah this is kind of him at his lowest ebb before he kind of picks himself up and comes up with a plan. Um, so yeah, I, I I mean I absolutely love 
everything about the scene. Um, it's, you know, it, it, it is just so, so good. You know, like I think everybody who's contributing to this, you know, which is not just obviously Brian Cranston's the one who kind of gets all the credit um, as he rightfully should, but also that, you know, the acting is phenomenal. Um, the the writing's phenomenal. The, the obviously the music and, and all that kind of stuff is, is really good, you know, and it's not just, not just Brian Cranston, obviously, Anna Gunn is amazing here as well. Yeah. So, you know, there is, there is just so many layers to this that just make it like just so amazing really. And what's so amazing about this whole episode is that it kind of comes at the end of an epic ending last week. You get that straight in there with like Jesse and Garton. Like you kind of almost forget that that was at the beginning of this episode by the end of this episode because it kind of then just becomes the Walt show. Uh, it's very much been a Gus show recently, but then even like Gus has an amazing couple of scenes. Like it's just, it, you almost even forget that Jesse was in this episode and Jesse had some great scenes in this episode. Like it's just, it's just so powerful and epic and everything. Like there's like, I can't think of a single episode so far of this show that we've had where there's literally like everything that we're watching, every second of this episode is brilliant. Like, I mean, Better Call Soul was a great episode, but maybe it's going to be reflected in just a moment in my rankings about just how like almost perfect this episode is. It's just so goddamn good. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's like it's crazy to me because like this is the end of the episode and it feels like it just flies by, you know, like it it really is like you're just kind of captivated, you're just taken in by everything you get in this episode and, and you know, that's what makes it so amazing, right, is that like you just like you just come up for air and like whoa that episode's finished like it was it yeah. was so good and now it's over um yeah so that's what just amazes me about this episode really is it just it does just fly by like you, you just kind of forget that it you know like that it's over already because it is just such a good episode so yeah i mean i can't say enough good things about it and that probably just takes us into um well i guess before we go into kind of rating and ranking this episode i suppose if there's anything in the in the trivia because the um the the page on the um the Breaking Bad wiki is is pretty intense like there's a lot yeah. of stuff um to me I don't think like it's just lots of like here's a you know here's a reference to a movie and I think the ones that have been worth talking about I think that we have we've kind of gone over I suppose there's a couple of other ones I think you know they go back again about that line that Gus says around fear not being an effective motivator and again kind of his actions here contradict that um so so yeah I think it's um you know potentially some interesting stuff there um but yeah I, I don't know if there's anything else that kind of you wanted to to mention that's in that um there's one right at the bottom which is a bit of a spoiler so i certainly won't talk about that one but um but but yeah i think that there's um there's plenty of interesting stuff there if you want to look at it but to me i think it's largely just here's an interesting reference um which there's plenty of yeah there's nothing really that stands out yeah i kind of noticed that one yeah you mentioning about the sort of almost contradictory sort of things about Gus's previous points. But um, I like this moment here where they've got a, once again, a character is blindfolded and then not killed. This goes back to what Jesse told Mike about the thief in bullet points, as well as what Walt and Jesse did to Soul upon their first meeting. The hood was apparently meant to scare Walt. Okay. Um, but they also mentioned the little white car is Walt's after the Pontiac Aztec is damaged. It can be seen at Jesse's house when Walt visits and then out in the desert. Um, so, uh, yeah, nothing groundbreaking I see here. Okay. Well, I think we can then move into into ratings. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious it's going to be a buy from both of us, so it's just about where it sits here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's um, I, I can end the suspense from my perspective because it's number one for me. It's um, it's right up the top. It's a great episode. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, um, 
a phenomenal episode. I, I love everything about it. Um, it. It's an absolute joy to watch. The tension's phenomenal on it. Um, you know, and there's still a few moments of, of good little comedy there as well. So I think even, so, you know, like I think, you know, if we talked earlier on about this being, you know, like an episode with Ted that we we're rating as number one, you'd think we were crazy. But even the Ted stuff is phenomenal and kind of fits in with the episode. Now it's all kind of like pieces to a puzzle that fit together perfectly. So, yeah, I think this is kind of just Breaking Bad at its best, really. Yeah, well, definitely a buy from me, 100%. Um, just quickly here, I'm seeing The Ringer has this at number nine overall out of our 62 episodes. Um, and they do have, just quickly here, yes, uh, one more episode this season ahead of it. So there you go. Um, yeah, number one for me. I've, I haven't had a new number one since Better Call Soul, so it's been a while for me. But, um, yeah, like, as I said, like, it's just, I mean, every second of this is perfect it's 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 brilliant i mean um you know i i i pretty sure this will probably stick in my top five for the rest of uh you know overall could even it still end up in the top three could still end up at the top i don't know but um it's just everything about it is amazing it's just so goddamn good you know two of my favorite scenes ever in breaking bad um right at the end and then even sort of these scenes that uh you know would not make a top five this season based on just process of elimination. It is still so good that you could put them in any other season. So, um, yeah, so amazing, so good. And it's just such a, such an incredible episode of Breaking Bad and, and an incredible episode of television. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. I think that it's, um, it, it is pretty amazing. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I it's one of those ones that I could just go back and watch it again now. It's, it's, it's so good, you know. Um, but um, with all that said, I think we, we're going to have to move on, which is um, which is sad in a way, but good to have this one in the books. Um, I think next episode's maybe a, a, a bit slower, but still like a, a great kind of penultimate episode of, of a season, kind of like all the last bits of the puzzle are kind of put in, for, you know, to kind of lead us into the season finale in two weeks' time. But yeah, I mean, I love I, I love End Times as well. I think it's a, it's a great episode. Um, and and um, yeah, some 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 fun stuff to unpack in that episode too. I actually love next week. Like I I really like. I mean, just the final three episodes of the season are just brilliant. Um, but like, yeah, I mean of the of the last three, this is probably the worst of the last three. But having said that, this is still an absolute epic episode. I, I love it. Like there's this one scene in it between Jesse and Walt, which again, like I I could put up for a top five easily, but like, again, will it make it just based on so many things? The ending of the episode, I fucking love. Uh, and just like, yeah, there's some slow stuff in it, but just, I just love it. I love so much about next week as well, which is just, it's another one to me that just goes by so quickly. Um, and I'm just like, so intrigued. It's, it's very like a puzzle sort of, you're trying to work out like who's telling the truth, uh, you know, between like Walt and Jesse and kind of stuff that's happening. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's just there's nothing bad at all in the next couple of weeks, and uh, I I really do like next week's episode more so than maybe some people might do. Yeah, and I think um, the thing with next, like, you know, there is no such thing as a bad episode of Breaking Bad, especially at the moment, Why? you know, like I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I think round about now, like everything is so good. Um, and, and, you know, so I think that we kind of, you know, we're picking at nits really because the show is so damn good. Um, so, so yeah, um, there's very, very little to complain about here. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, of the last three episodes, it's probably the slowest, but that's not saying very much when you think like these last three episodes are all so good. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Yeah. 
Well, um, we would value any feedback that you've got. I mean, if, uh, did you enjoy this episode as much as us? Do you consider this number one in your ranking so far? Um, you can follow us on all the usual um, social network um, uh, channels. You can uh, check out the other shows we've got going on, whether it be um, be 24 or Lost or um, maybe even a little bit of uh, 007 if you're, if you're that way inclined on our sister show. Um, but uh, until we get to end times, um, I guess that's it. that's it for this episode. So uh, we're going to try and do this. Let's, let's see if we can do this. Um, so um, my name's Nick and uh, Ben, are you happy? And my name is Ben and reasonably. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>